This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. We're in a series this month, and it's all about Jesus. Amen? Amen. And Jesus, you know, He's the center of our life. He's the rock. He's the foundation that we build on. Amen? And so we're, we're, we're going to talk about Jesus. And, you know, I, I really believe that, that, that we can get misunderstandings uh, uh, of who Jesus is until we start studying about Jesus. And I think it's so important for us to get, get an understanding about the real Jesus that we serve. Amen. And God is so awesome. And we, we, we talked about the first week that, that, that Jesus qualifies to be our best friend. He's, he's the high priest. And he actually qualified to be our high priest. You know, he's in heaven today. And I don't know if, if you're going through anybody going through a struggle today. Just be, be, be comforted today that Jesus is praying that your faith won't fail. Jesus is interceding for us. He is still praying for us. Amen. And that's awesome. And Jesus knows what we're going through. He can, he, the Bible says he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So whatever, I'm telling you, whatever uh, uh, we are going through, he has went through the same thing and probably worse at times. Amen? And so we, we discovered that, that Jesus qualifies to be our best friend. He's our high priest. We, we also found out in the second week that Jesus is the miracle worker. And, you know, I, you know, I love that about Jesus. When you study the scriptures, Jesus came and, you know, he would mess up a perfectly good funeral. I mean, he, he, he messes things up. You know, he, he raises the dead, you know, and, and he just does miracles. You know, I was thinking about Jesus and, and how, how this one man, Jairus, came to Jesus and said, My daughter, my only daughter is sick and dying. And Jesus said, I will come and heal her. And then as he was walking, as he was walking towards Jairus' house, he got interrupted, of course, by the crowds and by this lady that had an issue of blood with, you know, for 12 years. She was sick. She went to all the physicians and medical science sometimes doesn't do it for us. Sometimes you might need the great physician. And I don't know about you. I thank God for medical science. Thank God for what the doctors can do. I don't discount that. I add medical science to my faith. Glory to God. But I just thank God when we might need a miracle at times. And I just thank God that the the lady touched Jesus. It slowed him down on the way to Jairus' house. And then finally, you know, she got healed. He got slowed down. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes we need to slow down and just minister to people on our way of doing things. I mean, that's just, that's a, that's a good place for an amen. Sometimes we need to get a revelation that there's people around us that might need what we have. And we have Jesus on the inside of us. Amen. And so, uh, so, so they came out from the house and you know what? They said, don't bother the master. Your daughter has died. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, fear not. She will be healed. I'm telling you, Jesus came in and raised his daughter up. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, there's nothing impossible with God. All I'm going to say, this is only believe. 
You just need to believe, amen, that, that, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We discovered last week that Jesus is our shepherd. I love that. And we looked at Psalms 23 and how, how, how Jesus is our shepherd. And I love the first stanza. We shall not want. In other words, sometimes we feel lack in our lives. Anybody ever feel lack in here? Sometimes we feel like we're missing some things in our lives. But we need to go to Psalms 23 and start, and start quoting, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Now what I do is I add a promise to it. The Lord is my shepherd, if I'm feeling weak, I shall not lack strength, for the Lord is the strength of my life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You know how many promises are in the Bible for us? And all we need to do is unlock these promises and start agreeing. I'm reading a book this week about our power of our words. And I'm telling you, the reason why we're not seeing the miracles. Are you ready for this? Is because we're not lining up with God's promises. In other words, we're allowing, we're allowing the circumstances to be, be more in our sight instead of the word of God. And we need to keep our eyes on the word, amen, and keep speaking the word over the circumstances. How, how did Abraham get, you know, get his promised child? He said he didn't consider the deadness. We can't consider the disease that we're dealing with or the weakness that we're, no, we need to consider Jesus. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so when we agree, Amos 3.3, when we get in agreement with God's word and we start agreeing with God's word, then we're then that's deutimous power. Are you listening? Let's agree with some of his promises. So, so if I'm sensing lack, you know, in finances, God supplies all my needs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Why? Because God supplies all my need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I'm just going to agree with God. Amen. You, know, I, you know, we're so excited. You know, I'm, I'm excited this morning and, uh, about, about God's promises. And we need to look at what God has already done in the past for us. And when we start thinking about if God did it in the past, he can do it again. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying. Has God ever gotten you out of any trouble in the past? Then, then can he do it again? Can he? Do, he's the faithful God. Amen. So he's our shepherd. So today I want to talk to you about a topic here. And we're still talking about Jesus. And this is something that we need to think about. Because in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, it talks about elementary teachings that every Christian should know. Have you read Hebrews 6 lately? And one of the elementary teachings is, is that, uh, that really uh, it's the resurrection of the dead. And one of them is that Jesus is coming back. And so today I'm going to talk to you today that Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back sooner than we think. And we need to get a revelation of this because I think it could dramatically change how we walk our life in Christ. When we get a revelation that Jesus is coming back and, you know, he's coming back to what? For us. Amen. So, so we, we, need, to, we need to look at that, that, that Jesus already came and he came, you know, to set the captives free. But he's coming back. Amen. And I'm excited about that. We got, we got to get excited about that. In the early church, a lot of times when we're going through problems, we want Jesus to come back soon. 
And the early church, they were encountering persecutions. And they had a saying, I've said this before, they had a saying when they greeted one another. And the saying was, Maranatha. And what Maranatha meant was, Lord, come quickly. In other words, you know, in other words, there are some people, listen, don't get so comfortable about living down here on this earth. Don't, don't, don't make this earth, oh, wow, I just love being on, on this earth. No, listen, there, there's a lot of problems in this earth. There's a, there's a lot of issues here. Don't make this your place. No, no, heaven is so much greater than this place that we're in. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So we need, we need to be more heavenly minded. So let's look at Acts real quick. And, and, and we're going to start off with this. Now, Jesus, already, this is right before G, Jesus already went to the cross and he was raised from the dead and he ministered, uh, popping in and out of walls and ministered for 40 days. And this is really right before he, he ascends back into heaven after ministering for 40 days to the disciples and other people. And in, in Acts, it says, now, when he had spoken these things, his final words, which was the Great Commission, Why they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And why they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. That's awesome. So, so Jesus, you know, he is coming back. And so I want to give you some points today about Jesus coming back. And number, the first point is that Jesus is going to come back unexpectedly. In other words, we don't know exactly when he's going to come back. Do you know the Bible actually says Jesus doesn't even know. Only the Father knows. Is that amazing? Not even the angels know. But I believe Jesus is up in heaven. And I believe Jesus sees some of the stuff that we're going through, some of the turmoil we're going through. And Jesus said, I'm ready to go. Come pick them up right now. And he's ready. He's he's he has his horse ready. He's going to come. He's ready to come back. And he's just waiting on the father to say now. And you know, the reason why he hasn't come back yet is because he's still waiting for some of your hard hearted relatives to come into the kingdom of He's still waiting on some of your neighbors to come into the kingdom of God. He's still waiting on some of your family members. In other words, God is not slack concerning his promise. He's waiting on some people to come in. I know we want him to come back now, but there's still some more people that might need to get into the kingdom. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we need it. We need to get a revelation. So so he's going to come back unexpectedly. But even though he's coming back unexpectedly, uh, we, we, we still can know the times. And I'm going to say this, that Jesus return is closer today than ever before. And you can just look at the times and, and, and you can look at how 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 everything is going and how how. People and how the enemy's working through government to 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 make laws to make things okay that aren't right. Are you listening? And and so the laws are made. Well, it's okay for 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 these people to do it this way, and it's okay. And and, and you know what? It, it, it's 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 wrong. Try to make wrong right and try to make right wrong. And so we're in a society that's always doing that. But thank God we can stand on Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. 
And I'm telling you, his word is not shifting sand. It's a solid rock that we stand on. And if we stand on the rock, we will not be pushed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. As a fancy word was saying, we won't be, we won't be pushed around by men's philosophies, by what the world is saying. And so we need to get a revelation that Jesus is the rock. And in Matthew 24, uh, is in four, uh, 24, verse 40 and 42, it says, in two, this is talking about the rapture. And how many people like the end times? How many people? It's called, <laughs> nobody wants to hear about the end times. Nobody wants to hear about the beast, the mark of the beast, and people's getting their heads cut off. Nobody wants to hear about that. Revel- the book of Revelation is scary. But really, the Bible says if you read the book of Revelation, you'll be blessed. But, but it does talk about the mark of the beast. It talks about one world government. That's where, where it's all headed towards, you know. It's all headed towards one world government. And, but, but thank God that Jesus is coming back. He's going to set up a government. And the government will be on his shoulders. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so, so, we, so we, we're talking about the rapture. And me personally, can I give my, my personal opinion on this? Because some people may be confused about it and some people may not know. But, but, but I really believe that the rapture and the second coming are two different events, personally. And uh, I believe that and I'll, I'll explain why. But I believe the rapture is for us that God's going to take us out before the seven year tribulation comes. And, and, and God is going to Take us up, amen, for a bride without spot or wrinkle, for love of it. He ain't coming back for a bride that's beat up. Has oh. <laughs> beat the heck. You know, oh, okay. He's not, no, he's coming back for a bride full of faith and love and truth. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And we're that bride, we're, we're that spotless bride of God. Amen. And so, so, so I believe that I, I, I believe that the rapture and the second coming, a lot of people believe it that way. Some people believe that the second coming and the rapture all happens all at once. I believe it's two different events and I'll explain that. But in Matthew 24, Jesus is talking about the end times and he says, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. You know, this is interesting to me because this should be a foundational understanding that Jesus is coming back. And really, we should, you know, the Bible actually says that we should be looking for his return. And the Bible says as we stay expectant that Jesus will come back, the Bible says it keeps us pure. In other words, it keeps us walking straight. It keeps us out of the dark side. In other words, if we, if we believe that Jesus could come back tonight, you're going to live your life a little differently. Isn't that right? If you believe he's coming back tonight, you're, you may not do some things that you may do if, if you're not thinking that he's going to come back years down the road. You may just you know, walk in a little gray. But I don't know about you, but there's no gray in God. And I want to walk in him. I want to walk in the light. I don't want to walk in any shadows. Are you hearing, to me? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? No, 1 Thessalonians 5.2 says this way. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Think about that. Uh, Paul was saying, he got a revelation that when Jesus comes, it's interesting, he says, like a thief in the night. It almost sounds kind of bad. <laughs> like a thief in the night. He's, he's comparing. Why? Because when a thief comes, you don't know when a thief is going to come. And what do, you, and what, what do we got to do? We got to be prepared 
And how do we be prepared? We, we are vigilant. We lock our doors. My mom has cameras. I remember a police officer came. I think, I don't know why, came to our house. I don't know. And they saw all these cameras. And they said, man, it's, it's more locked down than Fort Knox. <laughs> I mean, my mom has cameras everywhere. You walk, I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to be on camera if you come to my mom's house. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying? On video. Amen. Live. I mean, now they got these doorbells, right? And you just push a button and they can look on the phone. Oh, I don't want to talk to that person. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Have you seen those things? It rings the doorbell. It goes straight to their phone. They know, and it's a camera that views who's there. Amen. And glory to God. I guess it's a way if you don't want, if you don't want visitors, I won't go there. But anyway, because the Bible says we should entertain, you know, strangers. Amen. And so anyway, we we were talking about here in first Thessalonians that that Jesus is going to come back and like a thief in the night. And it's, it's interesting because it's going to be almost like a secret. But I would really believe to the Christian that we have the Holy Spirit and God will alert us that, that the coming is close. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? He will reveal to us not the exact day, but that the times and the seasons. Revelation 310. Uh, I love this. This is a scripture that a lot of people stand on that that the rapture is for the church. And I'm going to say this. It's for the church that Jesus is going to take the church up before the wrath of God comes down on this planet. And in Revelation 3.10, it says, because you have kept my command to persevere. This is uh, Jesus talking to the churches in the Revelation. There were seven churches that uh, Jesus uh, told uh, John to write a letter to. And some of the churches, it was a letter of, 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 you know, to commend and to rebuke. Jesus was actually rebuking some churches Back then, and, and some people think that Jesus won't rebuke you these days. Okay, we won't go there. In other words, some people think, oh, yeah, you can do whatever. No, you know, I, I, you know what? If I'm going the wrong way, I want to rebuke. Amen. If I'm not walking in the straight and narrow, I, I want God to get me back on the straight and narrow. I want to rebuke every once in a while. I want God to say, hold up, you're on the wrong road. Why? Because I want to end up in a good place. I don't want to end up in a bad place. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And, it's, and so I believe that the rapture for the church. Now, now of course, you know, some people believe all Christians are going to be taken up. I believe that you got to be rapture ready. I believe you need to be walking with the Lord. You can't be backslidden in your walk and living in the world and, and all that. I don't know, if, you know, because you're not really in, in the mode and your faith is not in mode looking for his return. You might be looking for a rock to, to, to hide under if Jesus comes. If you're not walking with him, if you're walking in sin, if you're out there. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying to you today. I want to be a place where Jesus said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So here in the book of Revelation, Jesus was talking about a group of people in this church that, that, that even though the, the persecutions were coming, this was uh, the church of Philadelphia, even though they were dealing with persecution and they had little power, sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes we feel like it doesn't seem to be working in our faith. It, I'm not seeing the answers to the promises I've been standing on. I, I, I'm seeing little of God. In my, and you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? Why isn't things working? But listen, I'm going to say this. Stay faithful. Because you know what? Stay faithful. Because the blessing will come. Stay faithful. Keep doing the right things. 
And, 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 and Jesus was impressed with this church and they were still doing the right things, even though they had little power. Even though things were, and then Jesus said, you know, uh, uh, in this, in this commendation, he says, because you have kept my command and persevered, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Woo, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You may not agree with this scripture, but I, that I believe that that could be a scripture saying that the test is the seven year tribulation that's going to come on this world when, when, when God is going to pour down his wrath. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We right now is we are in the age of grace. In other words, God's goodness and his mercies are not just on the Christian, but on the sinner as well. So his goodness, we're in the age of grace. But you know what? We, we still need to realize that, that, that there, that there's something for us to do. Amen. And we need to warn people that Jesus is coming back and he's coming back soon. So, so, so the second key, uh, the first key is that Jesus is coming unexpectedly. The second key is Jesus is coming for us. Jesus is coming for the church. I love this because, uh, you know, Sometimes, again, when we're in a, our Christian walk, sometimes we encounter the same problems that other non-believers encounter. Are oh, you listening to what I'm saying today? And sometimes we don't look any different than the unbeliever from the outside. But from the inside, we, we, there is a difference. Yeah, there, the enemy may attack us with a disease. The, the enemy will attack the unbeliever with a disease. But there's a difference. We have a promise. We can put our trust and faith in Jesus. And we can stand on the promises of the word of God. And believe God, even though. And we can stay at peace in the midst of the storm. Where an unbeliever has no faith, they have no hope. They, they don't have a hope. They don't have a hope of a better day. But we have a hope. Isn't that good news this morning? My gosh, your amens are good this morning. Amen. And so we do have a hope. So Jesus is coming back for us. I like this. I like what Jesus says in John 14. He said, he said it this way to his disciples that, that, that we're a little nervous about him leaving. Because he kept saying, I'm going, guys. I'm not going to be here to hold your hand. You know, but I, I'm going to be going. But, but I, the reason why I'm going, there was some reasons. And he says in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. That's awesome. In other words, listen, listen, we, we, you may encounter some troubles down here and I guarantee you, you will. But there, there will be a day that we're going to get to heaven and it's going to be all worth it. Every pain that we went through, every persecution that we encountered, everything that we went through. Are you listening to me this morning? Will be worth heaven. Oh, man, listen, what is it to gain the whole world? 
What is it to have all the world applaud you and lose your soul? What is it to have all the accolades and walk on the red carpet and have all the money but end up losing your soul in hell? It's not worth it. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? It is worth serving the... Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I'm trying to encourage you this morning. It's worth it. I'm telling you, it's well worth it. Amen. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And Jesus is prepared. Listen, when we get to heaven, it's going to be so awesome. And they're working on your mansion. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be the greatest place in the universe. And then in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with a trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall be always with the Lord. See, I, see the reason why I believe that the rapture and the second coming is, is a, a separate event is because here, you know, we're meeting the Lord in the air. When he's coming back the second time, he's putting his foot on the Mount of Olives. And he's coming back with us. He's coming back with an army and we're his, ar- we're his army. So he's coming back for us. And some people believe we're going to go up and then turn around and go back. But I believe we're going to be in heaven seven years having a banquet. Glory to God. With, are you listening to what I'm saying today? Glory to God. Jesus is so awesome. And he's, and, he's, and he's with us today. Amen. And so it says here that the dead in Christ will be raised first. And then those that remain will be caught up. What I love about this is that we will get, we will be resurrected. And we will get glorified bodies. And we'll have a body just like Jesus. The Bible says in a twinkling of an eye will be changed. Think about that. We're going to be just like Jesus. Ooh, man, I'm telling you, no more counting calories. No more trying to figure out, man, you're going to have the most perfect body in heaven. I believe that. You, you right, right now, you may be struggling with body issues, but when you get to heaven, you're going to, you're, I'm telling you, if something doesn't work down here, it's going to work in heaven. If you got an issue down here and, and, and that, that for some reason it didn't work, it's going to, everything's going to work in heaven. And it's going to work in optimum measure. And you're going to be able to eat whatever you, all the cake you want and still have a washboard stomach. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Glory, I believe that. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that heaven is heavenly? And you're going to get your desires in heaven. Glory to God. I'm going to be a little taller in heaven. Glory to God. <laughs> amen. Glory to God. So, amen. But until then, I'll wear my platform shoes. But anyway. <laughs> and so, so we see here in First Thessalonians, it says that we'll be raised. And this is awesome because some of you have loved ones in heaven. And what's going to happen is that they, they're in heaven and their bodies are down here. Uh, in the grave and their body and they're going to be transported from heaven to their body in the air with Jesus and they will have the new body and then we'll come up and we'll meet our families in the heavenlies on our way to heaven. Woo, man, that's exciting news. 
Are you here? Of course, those that have already been to heaven, they have a little bit on us because they have a little bit of knowledge of heaven. They'll be able to show us around. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And in Revelation 21, 4, it says here, I love this about heaven. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. The former things have passed away. Do you know that we were never supposed to encounter death? You know, when God created us, death was never in his mind or his thoughts. In other words, we, listen, listen that you, when you were younger, you used to believe you could live forever. Are you listening to what I say? It's in the makeup of man, most people don't think they're going to even die. They don't think about death. The natural man, the unbeliever, they don't think they're going to think, they think they're going to live forever. Really, they, they don't, don't think about it. They, now, when they get older and they get up in their age, they probably start thinking about it. But a lot of times when we're young, why? It's put in us that, that we were never meant to die. Death was never meant to come into mankind. We were not ever meant to encounter pain in our life. We were never meant to encounter depression or oppression in our lives. We were always supposed to be free. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And we're going to get back to that are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? We're going to get back to that place in Jesus. Are you listening? And so, and so we see that he'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. And I, I like what it says in Matthew 25, 34. It says, the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Think about that. We have a kingdom and that's being prepared for us. And listen, the, the, the world we're living in this. Listen, God, God is not running this world system. God is not controlling everything down here. No, no, no. The Bible says that, 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 that the devil is the God of this world system. And he's given us free will to either run it under him or man run it under the enemy. And thank God we can run it under his lordship. So Jesus is coming back. Listen, Jesus has come back to judge the earth for the second coming. Amen. So, so the, the next key is Jesus come back to judge the earth. And in Revelation 20, 11 through 13. And then we got to get a revelation of this because judgment is coming. And we need to let people know that that, you know, if they could, you know, the worst thing, especially unbelievers and even as Christians, the worst thing that we can do is procrastinate. In other words, the worst thing we can do as Christians is to put God off. And the worst thing that an unbeliever can do is put God off from getting saved. Well, when I get to my deathbed, I will finally receive Jesus. But I got too much to do in the world now. No, you may not get that chance. We don't want to procrastinate our lives. When God is revealing something to us, we just need to do it. When God is moving on our hearts to do something, this is for somebody today. This, just do, at, at the Nike commercial, just do it. In other words, you need to be, when God is prompting you to do something, just do it. Don't put God off. We do it as Christians and, and the unbelieving world will do it. They will put God off. Oh, I will come out to church someday. I, I will start serving God someday. No, no. Today is the someday. And in Revelation 20, this is talking about the world as well. It says in, in verse 11 through 13, it says, Then I saw a great white throne on him who sat on it. 
uh, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, when, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Then the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one, according to his works. And, and so we, we see this and we know this. This is called the great white throne judgment. And, uh, and, but, but you know what? This, this is an awesome thought. We're going to get resurrected bodies to glorify God and to walk in his blessings. But the world will get resurrected bodies for something different. Oh, it's quiet in this church today. Do you know the world's going to have, they're going to have resurrected bodies, but they're going to be put into a place that you don't want to think about. In other words, there's going to be, there's going to be, you know, suffering. There's going to be, hell's a real place. The lake of fire is a real place. Some people teach us that, that, that hell's not real. No, it's real. Hell's a real place. Some of us got saved because we don't want to go to hell. I, I, don't, I don't want to have anything to do with hell. Amen. Nothing. I don't want to live close to the world. I want to live close to my Lord. Amen. And, and hell's a real place. There is a reason why we're here today. Because there is a judgment day. I think that's a movie. Judgment day. There is a judgment day. And there is a hell to shun. And a heaven to gain. And we need to get a revelation. Because I really believe it could fire us up to start witnessing to some people. Because if we don't witness. Man, listen. You know, the word of God says that if we don't warn people. That, that you know, well, I'm under grace. But, but their blood could be on our hands. Oh, man, that's strong today, Pastor. Did you have to go there? Listen, I'm trying to get you to get into a place where you're reaching out to people. That's why we're here today. Not just for ourselves, glory to God. God is a God of love. He's good. But God can't be good without being just. You you can tweet that. God is a God of love and God is good. But God can't be good without being just. So God has to judge. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 and 9, it says, Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us uh, when the Lord uh, Jesus revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flame and fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God. Think about this. He's saying that God's going to take vengeance on those who do not know him and those. Now, listen to this. God's going to take vengeance on those who do not know him. Why? Why would he do that? That's, you know, he's a God of love because God did everything he could. He sent his son, Jesus. The greatest love that God has given us is Jesus. The greatest love that Jesus has given us is forgiveness and righteousness. And Jesus gave his life. Jesus paid this awesome price, went to a cross, was beat, you know, uh, was whipped, was scourged. I mean, he went through all this. So why? So we wouldn't have to go to hell. And there's people out there rejecting the love of God. And they're rejecting the sacrifice of Jesus. And if we reject the sacrifice of Jesus, what do you have left? But judgment. And I don't want to sacrifice the, 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 the mercy and the love of Jesus. In other words, I want to be aware of that. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so, so God is going to exact judgment on those that are, they don't care, that don't care about him. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And he's doing everything he can. He's trying to draw some of some of the world to him. He's, he's trying to move. He's sending people to go witness to. And people are just saying, I don't want God. Amen. There's people that don't want God. Amen. But I want somebody say, I want God. And also it says here, not only uh, will he punish those, he said also those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's sobering too, because there's the unbeliever. He says, he says he's going to exact punishment on those that, that don't believe. They're unbe- but then he says those who don't obey the Lord Jesus Christ. What is he talking about there? Well, listen, you've got to be a Christian to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to be punished. for. Okay, we'll just continue on that. You just let you meditate on that. Then shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord, from the glory of his power. I know you guys are excited about this message. Amen. Jesus will judge the Christian. And I'm telling you this. I love this because Jesus will judge us. What will he judge us over? He's not going to judge us for our sin. Our sin has been placed on Jesus. We have passed that. We're not going to be judged for our sins. But what can we be judged for if we're not going to be judged for our sins? We're going to be judged if we're going to be, we're going to be judged for our obedience to him. In other words, God's going to look at our life and he's going to say, were you obedient to following me? Were you obedient to doing what I want you to do? Were you obedient to going to the church that I called you to? Were you obedient to doing the things in the church that I've asked you to do? We're, he's, going to, he's going to judge us on that. What is that judgment for? Rewards. In other words, not only will we get heaven, but God wants to pass out rewards to those that obey him. That's amazing. He gives us Faith to get saved. So it's not our own faith to get saved. He gives us grace for our salvation. And then he gives us grace to walk it out. And then he gives us grace for the call. How can we lose? Are you listening to what I'm saying? How can we lose? He gives us faith to get saved. And he gives us grace, amen, to partake of his salvation. And then he gives us grace to do his will. He empowers us. So all we have to do is just say, yes, Lord, yes. Lord, yes. To, I'm telling you, I was, at, I was in the Bible school and I, w- I already was setting up my kingdom. I knew what I was going to do back in Ramah. I had my house. I had my sports car. I didn't have my lady to go with it. I was waiting for the, for the Mrs. Wright. And so I had my house and I had two of the rooms rented out. You know, I was living in that house about a hundred bucks a month. And I had the garage in the master bedroom. I mean, I'm telling you, I had it going on and the sports car, but I didn't have my lady. And uh, and I, I was already ready to stay in Oklahoma. And I'm praying, Lord, I love you. Thank you for all your blessings. And the Lord says, I want you to go back to Virginia Beach. What? I want you to go back and help the pastor. What? I want you to start giving your life to me. What? I can't live my own life, do my own thing. Yeah, you can, but you may suffer when you get to heaven and you may even suffer something down here. No, listen, this life is not about just you. And then and, and I was praying and the Lord, I said, Lord, you're going to have to confirm this because I think the devil's trying to get me back to Virginia Beach. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? But it wasn't the devil. The Lord wanted me back here. He wanted me to be a pastor. I'm like, God, are you sure about sometimes I'm pastor? I'm saying, God, are you sure about what you're doing? You call me to be a pastor? I, I'm like one of the biggest mess ups in the church. If people only knew my personal life, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I got this problem. I got this issue. I, are you sure I'm called to be? Yeah, you're called to be a pastor. 
<laughs> oh, you listen to what I say? Wow, because you can identify with all the pains everybody else is going through. And you can have a little humility in your walk with me. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Sometimes the pain in our life and sometimes what we go through, God wants to allow a little humility in our life. It's why? So we can walk with him. The one of the greatest, you know, virtues of a Christian is humility. And sometimes when we go through some pain and we start realizing we don't have it all going on and that we need a savior to get us out of that pain into the promise, then that's when we walk in humility and we start leaning on God. The biggest problem that that comes to us as Christians is when we start leaning on ourselves too much. Are you... Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You search, listen, listen, it's only by the grace of God that you're here this morning. You didn't wake yourself up. God woke you up this morning. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So, so he's going he's, he's gonna to judge us. Amen. It's, uh, it's called the judgment seat of Christ. And what is that for? That's, that's for rewards. And I want to build my, uh, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, I'm not going to go in there because I'm I'm closing out. But he talks about that you want to build your foundation on, on gold and silver and precious stones and not on wood and hay and stubble. Because the Bible says when we get to heaven, God's going to put our works to a test. And once we go, go through that test, that, that if there's anything that remains, you get a reward. But if, if everything that we've done down here was just basically for ourselves and just to make our life, you know, comfortable, I, I, I don't know if you're really living a true Christian li- uh, life. Okay. Are you listening? Because, it's not, you know, the, being a Christian is not about being comfortable all the time. Amen. The Bible says endure hardness as a good soldier. Sometimes you're going to have sometimes I don't feel like coming here on Sunday morning and preaching. Sometimes I don't feel like going out, knocking on a door and witnessing. Sometimes, you know, I mean, are you listening to what I say? But I still do it anyway. Why? Because I know there's a reward at the end. I'm a reward man. I like rewards. I, I, when I, when I, when I uh, talk to Christina and I ask her to come out or do something, I always say, hey, I'll give you a reward. I'll give you a donut. <laughs> you know, I'm always dangling a reward. Why? Because God is a reward God. He's looking to reward us. He's looking to bless you today. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? He's looking to, 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 to shower his love on you today. Amen. And so we need to get that revelation. So, 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 so I'm going to give you three keys what to do with this message. And I'm going to close it down. Number one, we need to stay focused on the mission. The Bible says don't get entangled in the affairs of this life. What does that mean? In other words, don't get so caught up trying to obtain your own goals and forget about the kingdom of God. Oh, I'm talking today to somebody today. Don't get so caught up in making your life all perfect and getting it all right. Yes, we need to be in a process of doing that. I'm not discounting that, but don't make that your main focus. In other words, make the kingdom of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Make the kingdom of God your focus. In other words, don't seek after the things. Seek after the kingdom. In other words, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put God, sometimes the enemy will get us focused on other things. And we start to forget that we're in this earth for a reason. What is that reason? To reach people. 
right before Jesus was taken up in the cloud, he said in Mark 16, 15 and 16, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. In other words, there's a reason for us. We need to stay focused on the mission. Number two, we need to, we need to stay heavenly minded. We need to stay heavenly minded. In other words, again, we don't want to be so caught up in this world that we forget about God. People that backslide out of, out of the, their relationship with God, they start getting more focused on the things of the world. And they're more focused on that, and they start, and then they start falling out of church. I, it happened to me. I started focusing more on business and focusing more, and I fell out of church for a little while, and my whole life started crumbling. But th- I'm not ever leaving the church. I'm not ever leaving Jesus. I'm going to stay with Jesus. I'm going to stay in the church, no matter what it looks like. I'm not going to let offense get me out of the, the will of God. I'm not going to let the glamour and the glitz that's trying to draw me into the glamour and the glitz to draw me away from, make that my idol. No, Jesus will be the center of my life. And Jesus needs it. The Bible says, guard yourself from idols. That's anything that you worship above God. We need to guard ourselves and we need to stay heavily minded. Colossians 3, 2 and 4 says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. That could be another rapture scripture. Think about that. Set your mind on things above. When you, listen, Christ, who is our life, appears, he's appearing, you will also appear with him in glory. Think about that. That's a rapture scripture. Second Corinthians 4.18 says, Why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that which are not seen are eternal. Listen, we need to start focusing on the eternal things in, in, the, in our Christian walk instead of the external things. We need, we need to focus more on the promises of the word of God and the, and the, and the blessings of God. And, and when we focus more on that, then we won't be so externally focused. We will be uh, eternity focused. I hope I got that right. And we listen to what I'm saying today. And so we need to understand when we focus on these things, because listen, what's, everything that we have, everything that we're dealing with is subject to change. Do you know your relationships can be subject to change? You might be in a bad relationship with your spouse, but it's subject to change to be a good relationship. You might be dealing with an issue in your body, but it's subject to change. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Healing. You may be dealing with financial issues, but it's subject to change when we take the, when we take the unchanging word of God, apply it to our problem, then it will change our problem. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Hallelujah. And then number, number three uh, key is that we need to stay rapture ready. And we need to stay rapture ready. What does that mean? That means that we, we need to be like the, the five virgins. Jesus talks about ten virgins. Five had their oil filled and five did not. And when the bridegroom came, only five could enter in. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, we need to stay full of the Holy Ghost. We need to stay full. How many people want more? Listen, gosh. How many people want more Jesus in you? Put more word in you. More word in you, more Jesus. 
More of God's word in you, more of Jesus in you. So we need to stay rapture ready. Romans 13, 12 says it this way. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly in the day, not in reverie or drunkenness, not in lewdness or lust, not in strife or envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh or to fulfill its lusts. Amen. And so, so this is what we need to do. We need to make sure that we're putting down the flesh and put on Christ. The Bible says that we need to put on Christ. What what does that mean, Pastor? Put on Christ. That means we need to put on a heart of love. We need, we need, we, listen, we don't need to be talking about people. We don't need to be criticizing people. We don't need to be minimizing. Oh, you listen to what? We don't need to be, gossip is a bad sin. We don't need to be gossiping. In other words, we need to make sure that we mind our own business. Hallelujah. In other words, we need to make sure we keep ourselves straight. We don't need to be looking and comparing ourselves with other people. No, we need to look at ourselves, allow the word of God to examine us, allow the word of God to set us free. And then when we get free in love, we can come to a brother and bring them into a place of freedom. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Did you receive it this morning? Are you excited about Jesus coming back? Are you expecting his return? I'm telling you, I'm excited. Somebody say Maranatha. Lord, come quickly. Let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness. And I thank you that you are coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, a church full of love and faith, doing the works of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for these precious people here that you are preparing us, Father, for Jesus's return. And maybe you're watching online and Maybe you're, you're not in that place. You're not in that straight and narrow place. You, Jesus isn't exactly your Lord. And, and so, I, you know, today is a day of salvation, the Bible says. And you can make Jesus your Lord today. How do you do that? By confessing the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And it says in Romans 10, 19, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. So just pray this prayer after me, meaning in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior, and I repent of all sin. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.